Hi, dear listeners. New episode of Intermac Podcast is already here. That magnificent time of the year is upon us again, and everything is doosed in pumpkin flavors as people wear most extraordinary costumes and makeup, trying to outdo each other. Yes, it's time to be spooky and strange because it's Halloween. And today we have a very interesting guest. He's from the UK and he's an artistic director and creator of the Flying Banana Children Theatre in Moscow, Mr. Martin Cook. Hello, Martin. Nice to hear you. Hi. Azair, is that how you pronounce your name correctly? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, what Thank did you, you for say? joining it's us. Spooky and strange. I can't promise you spooky, but uh, strange I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, so, Martin, uh, do you like this Halloween tradition and celebration? Oh, well, do you know, to be honest with you, would you like me to be honest or would you For sure, things? for sure. That's the only <laughs> thing I want. No, it, it, it's, uh, it's a matter of almost sublime indifference to me is the Halloween celebration. I, I let it go on and uh, let people enjoy it, but... Uh, I'm particularly uh, unimpressed uh, un with it. Uh, I, I don't uh, celebrate Halloween personally, not for any reason. I just don't get it. Is that, uh, right. is that boring of me? <laughs> no, but we know that you're from the UK. And uh, how people celebrate Halloween there? Like, uh, uh, how did you celebrate it back in the days when you were living there? If you did, of course. No, well, I think that that is the interesting point, actually, because uh, as far as I remember, the Halloween tradition wasn't so strong in uh, in the UK, uh, in my in my experience, anyway, because uh, it almost coincides with November the fifth, the uh, the bonfire night celebration, and so so people were more intense about that and um, more devoted to that. For, for for some reason, uh, and uh, the uh, the only aspect of Halloween which we used to celebrate was what we called Mischief Night, and that is on Halloween, the same date. A mischief Night is just an excuse for miscreant children uh, and uh, uh, you know arrant hooligans to go around knocking on people's doors and causing uh, mischief. So rather than trick or treat, they don't give you the choice. They just <laughs> go straight for the trick. And, uh, that, that was that was that was the way it was, not it? And it usually meant uh, letting off fireworks earlier than you than you meant to, and so on. So there there was an occasion, but we called it mischief night rather than Halloween per se. And the whole trick or treat thing is uh, more or less uh, an American. Uh, tradition, although obviously the roots of it uh, are lost in time, as it were. Uh, nobody knows where it came from originally. So, all right, yeah. is that interesting? It is quite interesting. Of course, I, I mean that's it... the first time I heard about it in my life. So that's something new for me, for sure. So hopefully our listeners will enjoy it. And uh, I, I don't want to revive that tradition. Maybe it's forgotten as well. The mischief night thing, and maybe children uh, are more. Uh, <laughs> you know, domesticated now. <laughs> Maybe, but we'll have to travel to UK to see that, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Don't go <laughs> and what about Russia? Do you know anything about Halloween traditions in Russia? Do you celebrate it, celebrate it here? And if so, how exactly? Well, 
uh, this uh, the topic of the day actually because uh, you know I, I think it's there's still a kind of uh, critical view of it in, in Russia uh, as it were uh, it, it's not uh, fully sort of culturally assimilated the idea mm -hmm. of 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 Halloween and and I think in certain circles is regarded with you know, great suspicion, much more, you know, much more than it's uh, worthy of, in a sense. But uh, we just suffered from that, for example, because we were going to do a, a workshop, a theatre workshop for adults, which touched on the, you know, uh, issue of witches and, uh, and uh, the occult, uh, and uh, we were forbidden to do it. So you oh. know they got uh, they got frightened of this idea, um, but if you're not going to be interested in that idea, then you can't do Macbeth, if you know what I mean. So or even Master and Margarita. So uh, I, I was I was a little bit um, astonished to to find that there is a, a, a resistance, because what you resist persists, in in my opinion, and uh, uh, and. Um, you know, it makes you uh, cautious. It makes you feel cautious about offending people, which you don't want to do. But uh, uh, it's also surprising that uh, that people are afraid of these ideas in this day and age. Yeah, some of so, them do for sure. Exactly, and especially well, everywhere, every, every, everywhere. I'm not saying it's particular to Russia, but uh, everywhere there are these kind of fears which can be provoked and uh, that's what drama is for that's <laughs> to exactly. purge you of pity and fear that's the idea of catharsis so you know they're they they uh, are making a mistake if they try and hide it do you know what i mean exactly exactly but regard regarding your place in the theater so as i understand you have not only the place for children but also for the adults right well um i am an adult uh, and uh, uh, I have an interest in adult theatre, but uh, it's, a, it's a separate interest, uh, uh, as it were. And, um, you know, that's, the, that's where I come from. I, I come from a, a background in uh, theatre training that uh, geared me up to do uh, professional theatre for, for adults. But uh, the story of the flying bananas, maybe we'll, we'll get onto that later. So, you know, but obviously I... Uh, maintain my interest in adult mm. topics right. which are kind of uh, relevant to, to the theatre. It's my main interest in life, this uh, art form. So I don't just... Uh, and But also, I, uh, I, I think that if you're going to offer something to children, then uh, you, you should be... Uh, you should be embraced fully, completely, utterly, totally, with all your heart, all your mind, mm -hmm. and all your soul. And so, I never stop studying the subject, if you like, of uh, of, of theatre. And uh, and I cannot look at it from the point of view of a child, hardly. So uh, I, I have to study it through my adult eyes, and then convert the ideas, uses of enchantment into sort of children's uh, arena yeah that is a very smart way to do uh well, but I, want to offer, I want to offer them real the real thing you know i i don't want to uh offer them you're trying to be more honest with them right 
I don't know if it's honest. It's just I don't, I'm not imaginative enough to think of doing it another way. <laughs> <laughs> But let's return a little back to the Halloween. Um, as, as you uh, director of the theatre, uh, I would like to know where do you rent costumes in Moscow? Can you share some secret places with us? Uh, it, it's no secret, um, but I suppose being involved in the business of, of uh, theatre and film, because we work in films and TV as well, so we work with people on film sets and uh, studios, so we know certain people, and um, actually you might be surprised to know that uh, the public can go to TV studios on Moss film and, and hire costumes from them. Mm. It, it, it's no it's no secret. So they're they're probably uh, happy to do that because they've got hundreds of thousands of costumes laying around which most of the time, you know, aren't in use. And uh, they're they're happy to hire them to people. That's one of the one of the ways in which we do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, another way is that we make original costumes and we've got a brilliant costume designer called Irina, Irina Angel, if anybody's interested in looking her up on uh, Facebook. And um, she is also a, a, a highly qualified and respected makeup artist as well. She did uh, makeup for big films, such as the, the T-34 film about tanks. So, you know, she does gore and horror Uh, uh, makeup and uh, specialist makeup and she makes costumes by hand for us and they are brilliant so A you know costume hire from any TV film studio Moss film they've all got them STS all of them uh, and uh, Ostankina as well the TV tower that everybody knows you can go there and hire costumes uh, and um, another Uh, source is secondhand shops and there's one that I know of that's particularly good called Frick Frack in Shabalovskaya and mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's a brilliant place to go it's in a basement in Shabalovskaya and they, if they haven't got it they can get it and it's all sort of retro genuine authentic uh, costumes and um, second, second hand but uh, because it's second hand it's obviously genuine And then there's Arte costume shops and, and so on, if you want just funny masks. Wow, Martin, that was very useful. I, I'm local and I've never heard about, like, you can go to Astankane and rent a costume there. That was a secret for me, at least. Well, as I say, it might surprise some people, but uh, it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, they've, got, they've got all of these costumes and they're happy to hire them. Regarding, regarding the characters, um, what was your favorite or most memorable character, maybe that you did on Halloween or you have ever seen? Well, uh, Halloween per se, for children, let's talk about for, for children. We, we used to do a, a really cool Julia Robertson story. Julia Donaldson, sorry, not Julia Robinson, Julia Donaldson story. Julia Donaldson wrote uh, The Gruffalo, world-famous character, The Gruffalo, but she also wrote an amazing story called Room on the Broom, which is about uh, a, a, a witch whose hat keeps falling off. But uh, we did that. It's very friendly, very friendly story for children, and the central character is a witch, and um, it's kind and funny, 
And uh, so I, I used to love to do that for, for little children. Uh, and um, the, the um, topic, as it were, of ghoulishness is, is something which uh, I'm very interested in at all times of year. So I like to have memento mori in my plays and, uh, you know, the figure of death stalking the stage and shadowy kind of, uh, you know, uh, suggestiveness. But uh, definitely the most um, blatant example of it, which we're, which we're concentrating on at the moment, is The Canterville Ghost by Oscar Wilde. So uh, that is a ghost story with, uh, you know, a ghoulish, nightmarish character. And uh, that, that covers the uh, Halloween base at, at the moment. So that's what we're doing. Oscar Wilde. The Canterbury Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds spooky. Um, it is and spooky and funny. It and is, clever. it is. So yeah. nice. Uh, do you have children? I do. And do they Ready. participate in Halloween? Well, I just asked my little boy about that today, Freddie. It's his birthday tomorrow. He's going to be six years old. Oh, my and, congratulations um, to him. Yeah, so he's coming, uh, he's coming along. But uh, I asked him about it. Uh, I said, are you going to celebrate? And he had an idea about it, which I didn't know. Because I, I don't go out of my way to, you know, get them hooked on these kind of commercial traditions. But um, because in the theatre, you see, in a sense, the behind the back of the you know, illusion, if you like. And I think that's one of the things that's attractive about it to participants, you know, to see through the uh, veils. And uh, and I, I really want my children to understand that it's an imagined idea, not that uh, I want them to be sort of conned by these ideas, if you like. So I don't impress it upon them, but they still pick it up. Uh, and he, Freddie, is um, he he is he's bought this trick or treat idea. Except they call it spook or candy. There's another mm -hmm. kind of game. So does that make sense? Have you heard of that? Spook or candy? I've never what, heard about it, but maybe you it's can. It's the same to thing, us. isn't it? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Spook or candy, trick or treat. So, so yeah, and uh, and they have a kind of celebration. My older boy Arthur, his uh, school, he goes to a drama school in Moscow called Class Center, which is a brilliant school for uh, children who are interested in, you know, the arts. Uh, and um, he, uh, they will have a kind of Halloween celebration, but they're not allowed again because of this government directive. They're not allowed to call it. Uh, Halloween, so I um, I don't know what they do call it. They call it uh, something else, but uh, it, it's um, it, it's not allowed to be called Halloween. But they do they do celebrate. Yeah, still they're going to do that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just ask my wife what uh, the actual name of it is. Natasha, what do they call Halloween at the school? Celtic New Year. Oh, Celtic New Year, they call it. Oh, they're, wow. They're not allowed to call it Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I hear for the first time, too. I mean, 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I never heard about it before. Well, I mean, a, a lot of new information for our listeners too, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, re- there's kind of subterfuge to it, but it's quite uh, amusing, really. Celtic New Year, what does that mean? For sure, I don't know, but let's return back to the theatre. We know that uh, this is the unique English theatre for children in Moscow you have, and maybe you could tell us more a little about this place. What, about the bananas per se? Exactly. Uh, Have you got 15 years to sort of... uh, Maybe we... I would definitely would love to do that, but unfortunately we don't have 15 years. Maybe just... All right, well, I'll give you a quick background. The, as I said, I had children myself and uh, wanted to know what to do with them and uh, tried to teach them to watch Fellini films when they were two, but they would rather watch Peppa Pig. And it kind of uh, alarmed me, so I, st- I began to look into the whole question of... Uh, like children's stories and and literature. And I I discovered that there is a wealth of genius children's stories and literature. And, um, you know, obviously there's Lewis Carroll's Looking Glass and uh, classics like that. And Oscar Wilde wrote a lot of stories for children and so on. And actually you find out that there's some genius, 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 high genius uh, um, literature for for children, and so I began to play with them with that because I want them to, you know, uh, understand how to play in English and how to bring stories to life, and uh, and that's where it began with my own children, and then we'd we'd read stories and play them, and somebody asked me to do that for an an audience, and so I did it for a, a small group of people and they liked it and they asked me to do some more and uh, and I did and uh, and now we're doing Canterville Ghost for 4,000 people so it's just kind of snowballed and wow. uh, it did come from it did come from a you know seed an organic place it wasn't planned as such so uh, I've been quite severely sidetracked by that uh, and uh, I did it for my children. And uh, so, in a way, you can trust that I'm doing my best to play authentically. And uh, they are my um, my crash test dummies, my own children. I sort of uh, run things by them and we do it together. And uh, if they approve of it, I know I'm on the right track, as it were. Yeah, Amazing. I think you're a very good father. Well, not really. I just uh, I'm I'm just a hedgehog. I only know how to do one thing, and so I have to, you know, I have to. Everybody else has to adapt to my, you know, one single ability to curl up in a ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, regarding the name, I think it's got to be one of the most popular questions that you heard during the interviews. But why did you choose such an extravagant name for your theatre, Flying Banana? Well, the two answers to that. One, I was working with uh, a lady who uh, was a good friend of mine. She was helping me to organise things. And um, and she wanted to call it the children's pedagogical sort of uh, language affirmation centre 
um, uh, experience, <laughs> something really <laughs> kind of something really kind of obscure and technical. And I was like, you can't call it that. I don't understand that. You know, it's no fun at all. And she said, all right, well, then you come up with something then. I was like, okay, flying banana. And I literally <laughs> said that, and it was the first thing that came into my head. That's the answer, and that's the truth. But wow. when, people, when people ask me retrospectively, I can justify it by, by saying, uh, well, you know, there's the flying uh, Monty Python's flying circus, for example, and this idea of uh, in the circus they have lots of kind of circus acts called the flying Marvelinos, or you know, there's wonderful men on their on their amazing flying trampolines, and this idea of flying is about sort of freedom and excitement, and bananas are obviously a kind of clown motif and uh, it's uh, the, uh, the the oldest idea in the book of somebody slipping on a banana skin and it, it being funny so th- those are the associations really I don't think it's that outrageous actually <laughs> I thought it was fairly uh, you know immediate and uh, amusing but it, it's not got any depth to it so don't uh, don't go thinking that it comes from media dell'arte or something no all right. But the all circus, right. the circus, the circus, it's all circus ideas, isn't it? Clowns. Yeah. Regarding regarding the all the theatres, uh, it's good that we've talked about it. So what's the what's the main difference between uh, your children's theatre and other ones? Well, I don't know. I really don't know because I think that uh, um, here we are in Russia doing children's theatre. And um, mainly, I think the difference is that nobody else is doing it in English, as it were, mm. not in a, not in a dedicated way with native speakers. So uh, I, I guess there shouldn't really be a big difference if you're doing it correctly, because if children are going to be attracted to it, it should be about play. That's my um belief whether or not that's uh, the case uh, i can't say but we work with uh, we work with clowns russian clowns and with and international actors from mexico venezuela uh, bosnia uh, and there is a sort of commonality you know a universality in the language of of theater which uh, either works or it doesn't work so when you're doing something for children <clears throat> our motto our philosophy is to play is to be that's that's where we that's where we come from we're going it's about play and uh, if you're playing then you're being and if you're being then you feel happy free and uh, you know curious so everybody should do it the same from that point of view uh, uh, that's what that's what that's what i think But maybe one other difference is that when you are state-funded theatre and you've got your own kind of permanent access to a building with uh, major resources, then it helps you to do things which are more well-produced, if you like. And, uh, and in our case, our resources are more limited necessarily. 
and so we have to rely on our imaginations. And uh, there's a there's a genre of theatre which uh, was identified by a guy called Peter Brook, uh, who's an English uh, hero, genius uh, theatre director. Still alive, I think, but actually mainly from the late 20th century. Uh, and he identified and described a genre of theatre called rough theatre. Rough theatre is the theatre of the immediate and the theatre of uh, putting a paper bag over your head instead of having 3D holograms. <laughs> so oh. I think uh, children children respond to that as well because it's it's in the flesh and it's in your face and it's intimate and we um, we're interactive and we get them involved so it's kind of transgressive in in that way we get into trouble sometimes because we get children quite excited and uh, sometimes uh, people get afraid of that because they want to invade the stage and you know join in but am i am i right that children who don't speak english fluently still can easily enjoy your plays and understand the plot Well, which children can speak English fluently, you know? I mean, every uh, child is learning language. And, and what uh, we do is we do the age-old thing of don't tell me, show me. And so there's all aspects of, of theatre which help anybody with their language development because there, there are aspects of language which aren't about speaking words. They're about sort of... Uh, relationships and uh, about context and uh, about um, body language and about nonverbal truths and language of gesture and language of emotion and language of physicality and language of reaction and language of the, the spectacle itself. Do you understand? So, you know, I, I think that theatre is brilliant for language development per se. Uh, and anybody who engages with it at uh, any level will uh, uh, enhance their communication skills. So no. that, that, that's, that's especially true for children, I think. So, you know, people, children who don't speak a word of English, that can happen to English children that don't speak a word of English because they're shy or whatever. It can help them to gain confidence you see and so when you see something happening which is uh, it's got elements of what we call non-verbal truth it's a spectacle you can see and feel and hear music doesn't have you know music is universal uh, and gesture is universal slapstick is universal and interaction involves you in in ways which um you know, make it easy for you to gain confidence in using language and understanding it. So it's brilliant for that. It's brilliant for that. That's why I chose it to, as a, you know, the main way to uh, bring my own children uh, along into having confidence in using language. Yeah. And my, 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 my that's, big... That's, that sounds so amazing. I mean, now even I want to visit one of your plays for sure. Come. Cancel goes for doing it on the 9th of... November, so don't fail to take the opportunity. You be my guest. Be my this, guest. This, this play is going to be special for the Halloween, right? Do I understand correctly? Well, it's this time of year, and I think it, it is a, um, you know, a time of year when people 
feel uh, as though it, it's cool to to do ghoulish things but uh, yeah it works at that time of year and uh, it's a ghost story so you know if they want to put on their halloween mask then let them be great <laughs> <laughs> but could you tell our listeners where where is your theater located well uh we are in a sense we're peripatetic you know partly uh, our mission is to visit schools mainly with the with the children's theater but we have two main locations our base is at the anglican church the english church uh in uh, vosnesensky periolog in the downtown center of moscow but mainly we only perform there we have done quite a lot of things there but mainly at the moment we only perform there in the summer uh, and uh, we're lucky to have a residency a professional theater company residency at brooks school which is a new school in um, uh, botany chisky sad uh, and uh, they have been you know especially interested in putting drama at the forefront of their uh, their program and uh, they wanted to be part of their image and uh, i know that the headmaster there charlie is really devoted to drama as a topic because it's his uh, it's his degree subject and uh, he believes in it uh, as a way of um, enhancing children's education and uh, giving them a, a, a good experience and good opportunities to develop and express themselves so god love him for that so actually we're very lucky that we've got this location at brooks international school in botanichi skisad that's our kind of main base where we where we perform uh, and we also work at the house of writers uh, which is on uh, um nikitsko bolshoi nikitskaya Uh, and uh, we work at another theatre. We work at the Electro Theatre, Stanislavski Electro Theatre. Lots of lots of places. So during uh, the weekends, we we work in theatres and our own theatre space at the um, uh, at the Brooks School. And uh, during the week, we visit schools, uh, mainly visit schools. And so so that, that that means that you have shows every day. No, 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 not exactly every day. Sometimes we're busier than others, but during the week we go to schools and during the weekend we do we do shows. Uh, at the moment we've got uh, shows every weekend for our own uh, purposes, but some of them are public and some of them are private, as it were. I don't know how to explain that because we work with a promoter and he sells, this, this is boring, <laughs> but he sells, He sells the shows to our schools and they come to us. So, uh, you know, we have sellout shows, but the public aren't uh, invited because they're already pre-sold to school school groups. Yeah, and uh, and then we go to visit schools as well when we're invited to. But it, it's harder to do that. They get a better experience if they come to us because they come to a theatre where there's kind of like full-scale facilities and they get a theatrical experience. If you go to a school and you have to change it into a theatre in three hours, 
out of the back of a van, then um, it's not such an authentic experience. Although there are things you can do, believe me, we've um, <laughs> we've tried. <laughs> Midsummer Night's Dream out of the back of a Ford Sierra. Yes, we can do that. Wow, so. that's that's all sounds like. I've never heard anything like this before, and you know we've heard a lot of great reviews about your theater, and my congratulations to you. And what what is what do you think is the main secret of your success? Uh, well, who is it that said, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get? I think uh, <laughs> the Gary players and golf guys and things like that. But uh, there is those those luck and hard, and sweat. Those those are the two things. And I, I must say, you know, uh, success is, is um, artistic for me. If you don't mind me being pretentious for a moment, because I, I want, I want what I judge it by is that I judge it by uh, the shows being fun for children and for children being excited and happy uh, and inspired. Yeah, that's that's success for me, and that's what uh, I'm I'm most interested in. But uh, at, at the same time, you know, it's true to say that our popularity has grown mostly through word of word of mouth, people saying good things about us, and sometimes people saying terrible things about us because you can't <laughs> be perfect all the time. And you know, that's the idea of theatre is it's a risk. There's things go wrong and. Uh, You know, things things happen. That's 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 the point. And as Oscar Wilde said, there's only one thing worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If people say, "Oh, you don't want to go see them; they're terrible." Then then people usually think, "Oh, I'd like to find out for myself just how terrible they are." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, uh, it, it all helps. But yeah, we we are, uh, you, you know, we're we're quite uh we're doing quite well and um it's brilliant so we want to continue to grow without outgrowing our intimacy and our connection with with uh with people especially the children but there's one thing that i'd like to say about that which is that uh as i mentioned i did this inspired by the fact that my own children uh you know, were looking at me like hungry birds going like feeders with some culture daddy. And, uh, and I didn't know what to, what to offer them, but, um, we have resolved that we've, we've, I've worked with them and my little boy's 11 years old is a professional actor. Now he works in TV and he does things. So he's very, very, uh, well, um, inspired and so i don't need to continue to inspire him he's become independent in a sense so uh you know in a way my motivation for continuing to do theater for little children is uh diminishing and uh, uh and maybe people will have to accept that that actually i want to grow as they grow so the the possibility is that uh, the bananas will dissolve in a sense uh, as as that natural process uh, occurs yeah do you know what to mean by that what, what, what would you be- mind to do afterwards i mean 
I well, you know, as my, here, as, my child, as my children grow, eventually I might end up, you know, gravitating back towards uh, adult theatre, and uh, uh, and I'll I'll do uh, King Lear one day if it kills me, and uh, and I've got ambitions to do adult theatre, which uh, have been put on hold for five years so far because uh, I've been devoting myself to to children's theatre, and it's been successful enough for, for me to stay um, focused on it and uh, and to outgrow some of the some of the uh, necessarily kind of uh, fundamental ways in which we used to do it so uh, it, the paradox is that as we get a bigger audience and become more um, production oriented rather mm-hmm. than uh, experience oriented that that uh, the, the the paradox is that you lose a bit of the intimacy, but you gain a bit of sort of uh, spectacle and production value, uh, and so it because it, uh, you if people put their faith in you and pay to come and see you, then you have to give them something in return. You you can't carry on doing it with a paper bag on your head, and um, yeah. and so and it's interesting for me to develop. Uh, more spectacular kind of forms of children's theatre, and uh, and and also as a theatre practitioner myself, you know, I, I want to do authentic theatre as well. And so, doing punk theatre is is one thing because it's a solution to uh, your immediate problem of not having the resources. But as people have supported us. We've gained some resources, so you know it, it's growing, but it will uh, be like a bubble. It will grow so much, and then it will burst and and disappear forever because it's not really a sort of commercial enterprise, as it were. It's a personal, uh, it's a personal mission. Yeah, and wow. um, maybe maybe people maybe people will feel. Uh, sad about that idea but uh, nothing lasts forever and um, my children are growing and uh, and so my motivation is diminishing but freddie's five and <laughs> six tomorrow so uh, arthur he doesn't need me anymore really to inspire him uh, but uh, freddie might need me for another few years he he said that when he's seven he will play in canterville ghost so we've got another uh, few years, another three or four years of uh, children's theatre to entertain uh, people of Moscow with. And after that, they'll just have to put up with King Lear. <laughs> so well, before people want to see my King Lear, and we're going, all right, I'll do King Lear for children and see, uh, see how you feel about that. I hope soon we're going to have an interview with you regarding your new theatre with the adults and I would definitely like to join and see some of your plays. And thank you very much, Martin, for joining us for our discussion today and really appreciate that you have found time for us. We wish you theatre prosperity and development. Well, that's very kind of you, Azair, and it's been a pleasure to speak to you. And uh, thank you to Intermark Relocations for uh, offering me this opportunity to talk about the Flying Banana Children's Theatre Company. And uh, wish you luck and uh, happy Halloween to all your listeners.
Thank you, Martin. You too. Thank you. Dear listeners, you can find the link of the upcoming show by Flying Banana Children Theatre called The Country Road Ghost in description to the podcast. Check their Facebook page on the official website to get the latest updates about the coming events. We'll also add some info about special shops in Moscow where you can buy or rent Halloween costumes and accessories for children and adults. So, if you like this episode, share the link to your friends and follow us on Apple, po- Apple Podcast or SoundCloud. Thank you.